Good morning, BCM. I think that it is probably appropriate just to give an invitation from that wonderful rendition of our Savior's resurrection. It is always a blessing uh, to have the opportunity to uh, share God's word, and um, I want to take the opportunity to thank Pastor and Administration of Baptist College of Ministry and Theological Seminary for giving me this privilege. I do not see myself as one that was supposed to be standing here this morning, but God will have his own way. I have been very much um, grateful for all the things that the Lord has done in my life since January 2019 when I first arrived here. If I were to tell you that when I first came, um, this is a funny story. Maybe Dowdy, Philip Dowdy can relate. I came in on a Friday night and um, slept at night with Mr. Gilmore and he brought me in. I had a good night's rest and the following morning I was taking a call to tell me I was somebody that I already knew because he had been over to Ghana with Pastor and um, he took me into the building and he gave me a fob. And then we walked around the building, and I was like, okay, where am I now? And then I went outside and uh, went back to the dorm, and I was coming back into the building, and I tapped on the door. It won't open. It's like, okay, what, what happened? And I, go, I went around. The, so it was that door. So I went around the other way, and then I came up to that door, and then tapped on it, and it won't open. And then I was just standing there. And then he finally figured somebody's outside cold and shivering probably. And he came around and then he saw me and then he, he told me, where's the thing I gave you? I said, it's in my pocket. <laughs> I took it out and gave it to him and showed it to him. And he said, okay, this is what you do. When you come to the door, just take that little thing and put it in the face of this box and the door will open. That is how naive I was when I first came. <laughs> and I tell you, there are so many things that I simply have no idea. It's, it's just been God's grace. And I thank the Lord that um, he, he sustained me here, kept me here. And all that has been because of the wonderful uh, friendship and fellowship that I have experienced and welcome that I've experienced here at BCM. I tell you, I do not think that I would have survived if I had gone to any other college or any other seminary. And I am so glad. And not just the, the, the warmth of friendship and fellowship, but to go into classrooms and see professors and teachers that communicate God's word and truth. And, and you don't just see that in the classroom alone, but you come out of the classroom setting and you see them in the local church setting. And you see them living out the truth that they were teaching you in class. It is very encouraging, and it has built my faith. But my fellow students, I, I think that we can get caught up in all of that, that we can almost miss the most important thing. Of all the things that I have mentioned that have enabled and helped me stay here at BCM, and right now looking towards the exit door in a few more months, Yes, the fellowship is important. Yes, the, the, the good teaching and good biblical teaching 
has been very helpful. But I tell you, the thing that has kept me here has been quiet times before Jesus Christ. Those are the times that defined what my life would be. Those are the times that gave me the courage to step into every class, having no idea how I'm going to go through that class, but asking the Lord every morning to give me the grace to be able to plow through. Those are the times that revived the vision that God had for me when he called me into full-time ministry about seven or eight years ago. Those are the times that shaped the steps that I took in preparation and going back to Ghana. Those are the times that really kept me going. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the topic, one thing is needful. I have tried with other ideas as of a topic. It, it could have stated this way, stop measuring on the minors. You, you know you have the idea of what a major is and what a minor is? I pretty much know, so every one of you know that. Isn't it so very easy for us as Christians and as BCM students to start measuring on the minors? Now, the, the, don't get me wrong, the minors are not bad stuff, Okay. They aren't things that are not essential. They are essential. But those are not the main things. Those are not the rocks that should fill our lives. Those are just things that should spring out of the major things that we do in our lives. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. And I know that you, probably, you are very exposed to the scriptures here at BCM. And not just from the preaching of God's word in this chapel season or in the uh, uh, in the local church setting, but also in your personal work, in your personal devotions. You have read this, these verses over and over again. But this morning, I just hope that this will be an encouragement to you. And I just let me make a disclaimer. I am not preaching this to you. I'm preaching this to us. Because I have found myself a lot of times starting to measure on the minors. Not getting my priorities right. And so I just want you to know that this is a message for us. And I, I, I hope that the Lord will use this to encourage all of us. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 down to verse 42. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and, and came to him and said, Lord, that hast thou not cared that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and troubled about many things. And this is the phrase I chose to be the topic. But one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. This morning I want you to first of all look at Martha's servant. 
This is a, a, a service of hospitality. That when Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us in the previous verses that he went about preaching. And as he went about preaching, it, it came a time where he had to retreat into a home. And you BCM students know how that is when you are out there, either traveling on the ensemble or collage or whatever team it is, whatever ministry team it is, when you are out there and you have expensed yourself, it usually comes to a time where you have to retreat somewhere. And as you retreat, you expect that the hosts become welcoming. You, you, you hope that they, they at least put something on the table, right? And Martha was that host. She invited Jesus into her home. She received Jesus into her home. She, she welcomed Jesus into her home. But now, BCM student, what would happen... When you go into one of those guest houses, that after the, the lady of the house invites you in and, and gives you a place to sit down, turns around, totally ignores you, goes away into the kitchen far away, and for all the time that you are sitting there, she is taking care of her business. She never talks to you, never asks you any questions. How will you feel? Welcomed? Maybe yes. But entertained? As a guest? Maybe not. But that is what Martha was doing. She, she invited Jesus Christ into her home. And when she invited Jesus Christ into her home, she, she left him by himself. And went about Busy being a guest. And just like, like, like I mentioned, it's, it's not that the minor things are not important. They are important. We, we, we very much appreciate Martha's serving spirit. But now it comes to a point where we have to then decide it is a matter of priority. It is not about what is wrong and what is bad or what is, what is right. It is about setting your priorities that you let the first things come first. And when she received Jesus, the Bible tells us the word cumbered means to be distracted. She was distracted. She allowed the nitty-gritty of keeping the home. She allowed the, the details of making the meal or whatever she was doing distract her from the very presence of Jesus Christ. And you know what happened? She got tired of it. She got tired of the servant, right? And when she got tired of it, what happened? Look at what happened after she got tired. She came to Jesus and said to him, Don't you care? Don't you care that I am trying to make a meal for you trying all my best to get everything right. And my little sister or big sister, as she may be, 
It's just sitting with you and, and talking with you and just having all the fun, right? And just hearing all the words that you have to say to her. To her. You know what happens when we concentrate on the serving rather than the sitting, we become tired. We become tired in the serving. We become weary in the serving. And when we become weary, what does that turn us into? We begin to complain. We begin to grumble. We begin to look around and see, but what is he doing? But what has he been doing? Now, the service that was supposed to be honorable to the Lord has now been mad with our bad spirit. Do we think that Jesus was pleased when Martha came to give him that complaint? Most likely not. And we have to realize that the most important thing in our lives as students, in our lives as teachers and professors, it's, it's, it's very important that we realize it is sitting at Jesus' feet. Not only do we see Martha seven, but we also see Mary sitting. And it's probably very, very unnerving for, for, for Martha to just, after probably doing a lot of dishes and turns around, and just see her sister sit, just sitting down. And in her mind, she's like, she's just idle. And probably she's now beginning to radiate the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. She's wearing a smile on her face because she's been listening to Jesus' words. And that backed matter. Have you ever been backed by somebody like that? He's just oozing out the joy of the Lord. He, he's, you probably do not remember a time that such a person was sad. You've never seen him wear a long face. Not even in the morning. That is probably because that person has been sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And when, when Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet... The Bible tells us that she did not just sit at Jesus' feet, but she listened to the words of Jesus Christ. I want to let us understand that whatever our servant might be, whatever our role of responsibility might be, when we sit at Jesus' feet, Jesus gives us that instruction that enables us to go through the day and serve more effectively and more abundantly and just see fruit come from the serving that we are doing. Jesus Christ said in John 15, after talking about, just in the middle of talking about the abiding life, he said, for without me ye can do nothing. You see, when Mary sat at Jesus' feet, she listened to his words. And when she listened to his words, the Bible tells us that she made the most important choice at that point. Because look at what Jesus said at the end of verse 42. He said, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You know what happens, BCM students? 
All that you do in school, all that you do in False Baptist Church, one day is coming that if you did not do them being enabled by God's spirit, being empowered by the Christ life, those things will not count for eternity. All the serving that you have done and all the servants that you would have done by the time your time is over here at BCM. If it was not because of Jesus Christ, if it was not enabled by what God instructed and directed, if you did not hear from Jesus Christ, none of those things are going to count. And you know the, you know the only thing that will count? I have heard countless BCM graduates after they are graduating or after they have graduated, they will say, I loved being at BCM. And probably the question pops into my mind and as, I, as I'm beginning to think about myself that way, just looking myself going out at the end of the school year. If I will remember my days at BCM, what will be the most important thing that I can point out to people? This is why BCM was worthwhile. And I have had many graduates or many graduating seniors say, BCM is a great place, but it's not just a great place. It is a place where I learned to meet with Jesus. And that is the only thing that is worthwhile. You know, and I, and I tell you, I, I probably, if, if Dr. Jim was here and Pastor is here, if you were to ask Pastor, all that you are doing with BCM, all the burdens and all the things that you want BCM to accomplish, if you were to take all of that and put it in one single truth, what is it? What will it be? Since Pastor is here, Pastor, can you tell us? Just in one, in one sentence, what will it be? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You see, as I came into BCM, my, my journey to BCM is a very unique journey. And I don't th- any, every one of us sitting here have our own stories. But when the idea of getting more training came into my mind, I was looking around. I didn't have any idea what schools I was going into to, to look at. A number of schools look, came up and I, I started to look at them. And for me, it was all good. But then I began to pray and ask the Lord, which of these schools will you have me go to? And, and apparently it was like God, God was just drawing my heart and drawing my attention to, to a BCM graduate that was just right in my nose. And I was serving alongside him in different parts. And I had the privilege of sitting under him in the classroom and sitting under several of his preachings. And I began to realize That's what I want. That's what I want. And as the Lord directed my steps and the Lord finally opened the door and I I finally came. And and sometimes, look, those, before you came to BCM, did you have some ideas about what is happening at BCM? Did you have some ideas? I mean, just be honest, right? You, you had some ideas. You know, you had the idea that probably BCM is just a magic place where once you come here, all your problems will go away. All your sinful problems will disappear, right? And you'll be the perfect student. And you came. 
and you realize that probably it takes a trip to Pastor Swanson's office or it takes a trip to Mrs. Gilmore's office. For the men, it takes time to talk with Mr. Gilmore in the dorm or probably talk with your room leaders and that's the same applies to the ladies. And so you realize that it wasn't working out. Yes, it's not supposed to work out. It's not a system at BCM that changes people. It is a person at BCM that changes people. And fellow students, if we will get anything right, it should be that we have met with Jesus. You see, that is the only thing that is going to, to make a difference in our lives. You know, and as I began to uh, travel in BC, uh, in deportation, I have been over to a number of different states. And uh, I am surprised that there are places here in the United States that do not know about BCM. And I, I think you're probably surprised as well. But when I go up to some places and, you know, they ask me, okay, you said you are in seminary. Where's your school? I, I mentioned to them Baptist College of Ministry in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. I said, huh, we haven't heard of that place yet. I said, well, now you have heard. I don't tell them that. <laughs> but as they begin to question, so how is the school like? How, how is everything going? I said, everything is fine. And one of them... Occasionally, I will ask the question, what is different about that place? If you were to take that school and put it on the same pedestal or on the same line with all other colleges and with all other places that you could have gone and received your training, what is it that makes BCM or Baptist Theological Seminary stand out? And then I will say, yeah, it's because the church is a great church and the students are loving and they are very welcoming. They are very hardworking. They can work all nights, though they are not allowed to. (laughs) No, I don't tell them that. I tell them that school teaches the students to meet with Jesus. And the students on their own accord makes decisions to meet with Jesus. And that is what makes all the difference. You see, as Pastor mentioned to you, I am headed out at the end of May next year. And as much as I would love to see God bring my support in, I want to tell you this. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Because you know why? My support level is not going to determine the effectiveness of my ministry. My support level is not going to determine the number of souls that will be brought to Christ. That is not going to determine how many people are discipled and are on fire for God in Ghana to preach the gospel. That is not going to determine. But you know what is going to determine it? 
my relationship and my walk with Jesus Christ. And of all the things that I could ask for, that is what I need. That my relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing in my life. And it should be for you as well. As students, a lot of times we, like Martha, are distracted about the many things that we can do for Christ, right? And when you put the, 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 the calendar or the schedule of BCM into the equation, that becomes a whole another animal, right? You see, I have been to that place. And you know, one of the dangerous things of having a fellow student speak is that he knows what is happening on the ground. <laughs> you know, I have been to that place where I have made it a point to meet with Jesus Christ every morning. But you know what happened? There were times that it seemed really, really impossible to meet with Jesus. You know why? Have a quiz in the morning. And on top of that, there is a paper I have to write. And on top of that, there are ministry responsibilities that I am involved in, and every one of you are involved in. And, and beside that, you, you probably are thinking about, when am I going to get to talk to my mom again? Right? Apart from those of you who are townies and you live at home. And just the, the cares of life, the, the, the things that are just so natural and so mundane begin to stifle that time away. Begins to draw you out. That when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you are not thinking about is meeting with Jesus Christ, but the next thing you are thinking about is how to get your room job done, how to get over to breakfast, how to run into class, how to get the last minute preparation before your quiz. And when we are busy about those things, we miss that one thing that is needful. Let me just read to you an excerpt of a book that I recently came across. And I was in a missions conference down in Florida, and the preacher spoke, and he, 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 he read this part of, of the book. And I, after that, I found the book and have read that book, and it has been a blessing to me. The, the author, the writer, takes the heart of the believer and, and divides into different rooms. And this is the living room. He said, this was a quiet, comfortable room with a warm atmosphere. I liked it. It had a fireplace, a sofa over staffed chairs, a bookcase, and an intimate atmosphere. He also seemed pleased with it. That is referring to Jesus Christ. He said, indeed, this is a delightful room. Let's come here often. It's secluded and quiet, and we can have good talks and fellowships together. Well, naturally, as a young Christian, I was thrilled. I couldn't think of anything I would rather do than to have a few minutes alone with Christ in close companionship. He promised, I will be there every, mo every morning. Ellie, meet me here, and I will start the day together. 
So morning after morning, I will go downstairs to the living room. He would take a book of the Bible from the bookcase, open it, and we will read it together. He would unfold to me the wonder of God's saving truth recorded on its pages and make my heart sing as he shared all he had done for me and would be to me. Those times together were wonderful. Through the Bible and his spirit, he would talk to me. In prayer, I would respond. So our friendship deepened in those quiet times of personal conversation. However, under the pressure of many responsibilities, little by little, this time began to be shortened. Why? I'm not sure. Somehow I assumed I was just too busy to give special, regular time to be with Christ. This was not a deliberate decision. You understand? It just seemed to happen that way. Eventually, not only was the period shortened, but I began to miss days now and then, such as during midterms or finals. Sounds familiar? Matters of agency demanding my attention were continually crowding out the quiet times of conversation with Jesus. Often I would miss it two days in a row or more. One morning, I recall rushing down the steps in a hurry to be on my way to an important appointment. As I passed by the living room, the door was open. Glancing in, I saw a fire in the fireplace and Jesus sitting there. Suddenly in dismay, it came to me. He is my guest. I invited him into my heart. He has come as my savior and friend to live with me, yet here am I neglecting him. I stopped, turned, and hesitantly went in. With downcast glance, I said, Master, I am sorry. Have you been here every morning? Yes, he said. I told you I will be here to meet with you. I was even more ashamed. He had been faithful in spite of my faithlessness. I asked him to forgive me, and he did. He always does. Once we acknowledge our failures and want to do the right thing, he said, the trouble is that you have been thinking of the quiet time of Bible study and prayer as a means for your own spiritual growth. This is true, but you have forgotten that this time means something to me also. Remember, I love you. At a great cost, I have redeemed you. I value your fellowship. Just to have you look up into my face warms my heart. Don't neglect this hour if only for, your, for my sake. Whether or not you want to be with me, remember, I want to be with you. I really love you. You see, those words tells us that those quiet moments or that those hours spent in the presence of God it's not just about us. It's about him. And he said he will be there. And he always will be there waiting for us. Are we going to take up that invitation and go back to him? 